2: Asks you to play in the middle of the night, just say no. Absolutely not. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Share those stories with us. If you want to call one in, call 855 853 4802 or write them in. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com. And remember, you can become a premium subscriber. You get the advanced episodes. You get access to the Massive Archive, no commercials. You can sign up today through Apple Podcasts where you can try it three days free. You can also sign up through patreon.com slash real ghost stories or at ghostpodcast.com. I'm Carol Hughes. Harper today, what's going on in your area of the country?
3: Not much, honestly.
2: It's a nice day.
3: It's cold. It really is. It's forty six. That's cold, in my opinion. Um, honestly, not much. Just hanging out. Well, arranging my room.
2: It for us today is going to be almost sixty. And you we, lucky ducks. Yeah, we have had this stretch where it has been so incredibly cold for weeks and weeks. And so this morning I walked Benjamin, my dog, and it was. Like I was overdressed. I got bundled up like I've been bundling up in the morning and I got about halfway through the walk. I'm like, I am really hot. <laughs> I
3: it need to, so... I need to
2: take some of this off, but what do I do?
3: It has been so cloudy and foggy here. I have not seen the sun until today.
2: I know this is, I was thinking that this morning, this is the first time probably I would say in close to more than two like, weeks. It's been cloudy yeah. every day. And really foggy. There was,
3: like, one day on my way to Sculpt where it was, like, really foggy. Like, you couldn't even see out the windows. It was bad.
2: I hate driving in that.
3: Oh, and then we also had um, drills that day, like a fire drill. So we got to go out into
2: the fog. It was wet and horrible. (laughs) It's like, everybody hold hands. Get back in safely. Stay where we can see. We don't get... We don't
3: have to hold hands. I wouldn't let that happen. I am <laughs> no, cause like I wouldn't well, touch some grimy paws of some of my of like some of my fellow peers. Like
2: no. But what if you get lost in the fog? That I get lost in the fog. She's been wandering around for days in the fog. We can't find Harper. Like she's out there somewhere. That's what she gets for not holding the hand of the person next to her and no, harper's they like have, germs
3: they have like some they have some cheeto dust fingers it is <laughs> disgusting like i would not go days without like it would it would take like a gallon of hand sanitizer for me to like hold hands with whoever would be standing next to me
4: <laughs> back to our conversation in just a moment first i want to thank our supporter today nutrisense That is actually the sound of the Nutrisense biosensor that I've been wearing. With Nutrisense, it's really amazing. I've learned some very interesting things about my food and drink choices and how it all affects my body and also how sleep, exercise, stress, all of that exercise plays a big role in my health as well. Your glucose levels can significantly impact how your body and mind feels and functions. NutriSense lets you analyze your glucose levels in real time in response to food, exercise, stress, sleep. It's been, like I said, very fascinating to see my results and see what I need to do different to feel my best all the time. NutriSense includes one month of free board-certified nutritionist guidance and support. My Nutritionist has been super helpful going over the results, the data, and answering any questions I have so I can fully understand what exactly this system is, how it works, and what I can do to make it work best for me. It keeps me accountable by messaging me when I'm going off my plan. It's kind of nice. Yes, NutriSense has helped me take better choices into account about what I eat. NutriSense has really helped put in perspective for me what I need to do to feel my best in terms of losing weight, mental acuity, physical fitness, all of that. It can do the same for you, too. Start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Visit NutriSense.com slash ghost and get $30 off your first month and one month of board-certified nutritionist support. When they ask how you learned about NutriSense, make sure you tell them it was the Real Ghost Stories online podcast.
2: Ugh. Okay, so you get lost in the fog. That's fine. Yeah. Well, let's listen to a ghost story. And this one's from Amanda. And she's and I think this is how you say it. She's from Regina, Saskatchewan in Canada. And I do believe they call it Regina. If not, I'm embarrassing myself.
3: That's a fun name, isn't it? Because it
2: looks like Regina. But I think, Reg- I think Reg- it's... My name is Regina George. <laughs> I have no idea what that little song was. but (laughs) They made me go to a musical. Why? So I think it's Regina because my nephew was playing baseball up in that area for a while. So it says, I love the paranormal. I've been drawn to it since I was very young. I have a lot of stories. My childhood home was slash is very haunted. Not all my stories are from this house, although there's a lot that happened there. Things being moved into very strange locations, the piano playing on its own. That's creepy to me. People talking, footsteps, a bunch of activity all the time. Me and my sisters always said that the house was haunted, but my parents didn't believe any of us until I was about 16. I'll tell that story another time, though. So now we have no idea what, hopefully... Amanda tells us what, what was her name, Amanda? Yeah. Hopefully Amanda tells us what that was all about. Because to not believe in the paranormal and then start believing, I'd love to know that story. Yeah. And it says, I can start with the first experience that I remember. I'm 29 years old now, but at the time of this story, I was around four or five years old. And I remember like it was yesterday. The house is a normal bungalow built in the 60s. There really isn't anything special about it. No one has died in the house and my parents still live there. I'm pretty sure the reason why all the activity happened in the house is due to me and my sisters and the fact that our closets were full length sliding mirrors. Anyway, I'll give a little explanation of where my room was and the setup of the house. My room was at the end of the hallway across from my parents and right next to the bathroom. My middle sister's room was beside my parents' room, and then there was the kitchen that opened into the living room, then the stairs to the basement. I always hated those stairs. Not too much down there, the usual basement, living room, laundry room, bathroom, and my older sister's room. Of course, there was also a piano down there. My bed was against the wall right under the window. The full length mirror closet was right in front of the bed, dresser against the other wall with another mirror. The door was closest to my dresser. I woke up one night. I had no idea what time it was, but I knew it was early. The house was completely dark aside from my nightlight. I heard someone walking up the stairs into the living room slash kitchen. Being a curious kid, I sat up in bed, but I did not get out of bed at this point. I started hearing my name being called just a soft, Amanda, Amanda, are you awake? I just thought it was my sister calling my name, so I told her I was going back to sleep, but the talking continued. Amanda, Amanda, don't you want to play? I was confused. Why would I want to play in the middle of the night? So I said, no, I don't want to play. I want to go back to sleep. I can still hear walking around in the kitchen slash living room. It kept talking to me, but I really want to play. Don't you want to play with me? At this point, I was getting a little scared. This sounded like my sister, but there was something just off about it. I said again that I didn't want to play and wanted to return to bed. And it asked me if I could come in, like into my room. And being a small child, I didn't know any better at the time, so I said, yes, I know better than this now. I heard footsteps slowly moving from the living room into the kitchen, so I told it to hurry up. Because even though there was a nagging idea that it wasn't one of my sisters, I still had faith that it was one of them. That's when the voice started to change. It was still saying my name in more of a sing-song voice that changed from my sister's voice to a deeper growling voice. I told it to knock it off because it was scaring me and it didn't listen, it laughed. I got up out of bed, I walked quickly towards my door, peeking around it and down the hall, I saw the silhouette of something moving towards me. That's the point, I knew it wasn't my sister. It was too tall, too lengthy, too dark. I naturally ran back to my bed and jumped in. As I returned to bed, I realized I'd forgotten to close my door. I could hear it creeping down the hallway, still saying my name ever so often in that horrid voice. As it was closing in on my door, I threw the blankets up over my head and lay down pretending to sleep. I was shaking. and was so scared. As it entered my room, it said, There you are. I've been looking for you for so long. I told it to go away, and I wasn't going to play with it. It came into my room anyway and walked up next to my bed. I could see the shape of it from under my blankets. I could hear it breathing, labored breathing, right next to me. I decided to pull the blankets down and take a peek at whatever was in my room. I looked at it, and it looked at me. I honestly don't know how to describe it properly. It wasn't like a person. Its arms were abnormally long. It looked wet with long hair dangling in front of its face. It had a jagged mouth that flashed at me under its hair. It almost looked like it was covered in slimy mud. It was tall and slightly hunched like it had a hump on its back and its legs were a natural inverted. I couldn't see its feet, I didn't see its eyes, but I just froze. We sat there staring at each other for a moment, and I told it that it had to leave now, that it wasn't welcome here. I don't know why I said that, but the words came out of my mouth before I even realized that I spoke. It put its gross, wet arm up and touched the blinds on the windows and vanished. I just sat there in bed for the rest of the night with the covers on my head. I was terrified that it was going to come back. When morning came, I convinced myself that this was just a dream, a nightmare or something. I'd had those in the past. My mother came into my room, went to open the blinds, and was looking confused at them. There was a handprint on my blinds, a brown handprint that was too big for anyone in the house. My mom asked how it got there, and I told her I didn't know, but I don't think she believed me. She tried for years to wash those blinds, but the handprint stained them. It was there until my parents decided that they wanted curtains in the room instead. And that's my first encounter with something paranormal. I have a ton more experiences that I can definitely share with you guys if you want. I know that I am definitely sensitive to these kind of things. I've seen shadow people, black-eyed children, and just a ton of experiences. Some good, some bad. It's just part of my life. My sisters are also sensitive, and so is my 10-year-old daughter. There are some stories involving her as well. Thanks for all you do. Hope to hear this on the show, Amanda. Creepy story!
3: Don't like that, like, at all.
2: Don't like it. And it's weird, because she was, like, four or five years old. And I could see, like... Because at first it sounded like her sister... So you would be like, no, I'm not going to play. Go back to bed. Why are you bugging me? And then for it to just kind of morph into that, like the voice changed and everything. Don't like that.
3: Don't like that. I would have just, I would have been gone. I would have left.
2: But you're four or five. Where are you going to go? Because then you go into Into your parents' room and they're like, no, go back to bed. You're fine.
3: That's when I just leave. I'll be out in the streets and anything's perfect facing (laughs) that, whatever that was. It probably is a tree.
2: But you know what's interesting? For one thing, I, because when I read that story, that one line in there about, I told it it had to leave now. It wasn't welcome here. And I was like, that's really interesting that a four or five year old would say that.
1: Like it knew. But it says, I don't know why the words came out of my
2: mouth. Yeah. But that must have been the only time that ever happened. I'd hope. Yeah, because one of those encounters is plenty for a lifetime. Yeah. But it's so interesting something that paranormal happened in that house. So I'd like to know some of the other things. And I'd like to know about the parents who didn't believe in it and was like, then something happened and they did. I'd really like to know what that was about. Yeah. Hopefully Amanda will write back in with that.
3: I hope so, too, because that seems sounded creepy. Creepy! Yeah.
2: You ready for another story? Yes. Here you
5: go. Uh this is Dave in Apache Junction, Arizona. Again, the uh, impound guy had the story of the uh, dead guy van while back i um, got another one for you, I spoke with some of my drivers, and of course they're more than happy to share their stories, they just don't want to be mentioned by name. So i got one for you, it happened a while back, I'm actually standing in the spot that this supposedly occurred, um, I say supposedly because I wasn't there, but I believe the guy 100%. So, um, working here at a police impound, you know, like I mentioned before, we get a lot of car accidents and stuff like that, so I get to see the aftermath. Um, well, one night, I guess somebody had wrecked a motorcycle, and the driver that brought it in, and it was probably around midnight or so, middle of the night, so, of course, the lot's closed, office is closed. There's nobody around for probably a good couple-mile radius. Um, so our driver unloaded the motorcycle, and as he's sitting in his tow truck filling out the paperwork, he's got the um, motorcycle on his windshield. He can see it from where he's sitting. And looks up from his paperwork as he thinks he sees movement and he sees what looks to him like somebody sitting on the motorcycle smoking a cigarette. So, of course, the first thing he thinks of is, oh, no, somebody broke into the lot. So he jumps out of the truck, kicks on the headlights to so tell the guy, hey, you're not supposed to be here. I need you to leave or I'm going to call the cops. And as soon as he kicks on the headlight, he realizes that the person sitting on the motorcycle is just a solid apparition from the waist up, no legs. Just cause he said, it just kind of disappeared from waist down and had black holes for eyes and it kind of freaked them out a little bit. And I the guy I was in the headlights for maybe a couple of seconds and then vanished in front of him. Needless to say, we didn't get paperwork for that motorcycle till the following morning. Um, just a kind of a creepy one that he mentioned. Um, unfortunately no longer works with us for a different tow company but i still see them on a regular basis and it still freaks them out to this day and the reason why i'm standing in the spot where this happened is because where they park all the motorcycles wrecked right, or not is literally right outside the back door of my office so as i'm leaving every night at 7:15, around this time of year it's january right now uh it's pretty dark here in arizona And of course, there's no, well, there is motion sensor sensor lights that haven't worked in quite a while. So it's pretty dark when I leave. And one of my biggest fears is one day jumping in my truck and seeing, same thing, kicking on the headlights and seeing somebody there that's not really there. Got plenty more stories for you. Uh, I'll call you back at a later date and share some more with you. And as far as, getting used to seeing the aftermath of car accidents like I heard on another one of your stories earlier in the week. Um, after a while it does kind of, you do kind of get a little jaded to it. It comes to the norm. Uh, what used to shock me doesn't really anymore. Every once in a while though, you do get one in that just baffles you and kind of leaves you a little soot for the night. I'll have to share that story a little later on. You guys take care and uh, hope to hear some more good stories from you. Bye bye.
3: That was creepy. What do you think about that? I don't like the holes for eyes. I think that's an interesting detail.
2: And I never really thought about how horrible that would be when you get called out to an accident site and you could really witness some pretty horrific things and, you know, these car accidents and, and like what happened with that motorcycle, that there's an apparition on that motorcycle. So I could Ooh. see how if you've got a whole lot full of these vehicles, I never that that could really there could be a lot of activity there.
3: Yeah, I don't like that. I really don't.
2: But I do have so much respect for, you know, all the people who, you know, the tow truck drivers, the The cops who have to go out there, the EMS people, you know, when they have to respond to something like that, you don't know necessarily what you're responding to. Yeah. And then you get there and you never know what you're going to see. Okay, well, if you have a real ghost story, we would like to hear it. You can call it in 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Remember, you can become a premium subscriber if you want. You'll get advanced episodes, access to the archive, no commercials. You can sign up today through Apple Podcasts, where you can try it three days free. You can also sign up through patreon.com slash realghoststories or at ghostpodcast.com. And for all of us here at Real Ghost Stories Online, thanks for listening.